0: Hey, it's Jose Galison I'm No Way Jose. You can find me on the No Way Jose YouTube channel. You can also find me on every major podcatcher and Odyssey as well. I'd like to give a little bit of credit to Justin Campbell uh, or at jcamp1521 on Twitter. He's the one who did that, uh, that glorious intro you guys see. I always forget to credit him because I'm a piece of shit like that, but I'm doing it today. And I'll try to do it more often. Today, my guest is Caleb Brown. We're continuing or finishing our live stream series, or not live stream, live reading series of uh, an Agris Primer. This will be the last chapter. Uh, This might be a little bit shorter. We'll see how it goes because it's a pretty short chapter, but we'll see how much we milk out of it. Um, as always for people who aren't aware of the format here, uh, if you're watching this on the 25th, when this came out, this is a live stream, uh, but immediately after I will put it in like private and listed, whatever, and it will be then basically only available for the patrons. It will also go up on Odyssey though. So, uh, uh, cause it mirrors. And so the fact that I live stream made it mirror on you on Odyssey. So if you don't want to give me money, you can go to Odyssey as well. I'm all about that. Uh, if you don't want to give me money, go to Odyssey. You can get that immediately if you don't catch the live stream. Um, my patrons, patreon.com is no way, Jose 2020, the lowest level is two bucks. That gets you that basic, uh, being able to get access to it, even when it's like in between live stream. Cause I'll, a week later or so I'll drop it public. Um, but yeah, I have different levels too. The highest being the $20 level, the sponsor level. And, uh, obviously I'm going to read off my sponsors as a perk. Uh, sponsors are CD McRae of the whiskey and tea podcast. You should go check her out. Uh, she just dropped an episode with me and her not too long ago. Uh, um and i have at spacecat 2k on twitter go check him out he's good stuff i done an episode with him i had him on for the ten dollar perk which is he got to curate his own episode so i brought him on for that uh i have jacob winograd of the daniel three podcast uh has Good covers a lot of biblical anarchy and stuff like that. Good for that type of content. And They have Liberty Down Under. Uh, that's his, I believe that's his at on Twitter as well. And then uh, I believe he has the Liberty Down Under podcast. He covers a lot of uh, you know stuff about you know because he's in Australia down under. If you didn't catch that, uh, so you know a lot of stuff going on there. So he's a Liberty guy over there in Australia dealing with all that shit. Uh, and yeah, um, like I said, we're covering Inagris primer today. I already have confirmed. Uh, I just hit up Sal last week. We will be covering New Libertarian Manifesto, and we'll be starting next week. Uh, we'll be hitting that up, uh, so we'll, you'll see that. I know I have noticed too; the the numbers have gone down a little bit for these, and I'm I'm fine. I don't really care. That's not like a thing I focus on too much. Uh, but I'm just I have been enjoying these, and I think this will be a little bit more evergreen, um, you know. And I, eventually, I'll get back to a little more of the normal content I'm doing. But I've been enjoying knocking these out. Uh, so, but if you guys do enjoy that too, you know. Keep checking them out. I mean, if you guys want me to do cover other stuff, let me know that. But then I'm probably gonna do what I want to do. Um, uh, for upcoming stuff, I have uh, we have t- on Tower Gang uh tomorrow we have Chrissy Mayer on Tower Gang tomorrow the 26th. So if you're watching this, as one as it goes public, uh, it'll already be out, and you can go back and check it out. I'm sure he'll be pretty funny. Um, and uh, once again, we're still sitting in the same spot with the Burt Kreischer thing, uh, with Burt Kreischer, he confirmed to come on. We still haven't heard back from him. So I don't know him. Mean, he's a huge guest. He has almost a million followers ish. So, uh, I mean, I'm, I do not know if he just got lost in the mix. So if you guys want to do us a favor, go, uh, you know, go throw a, you know, at the Burt Kreischer, when are you are going on type thing to bug him, to remind him if you want. Uh, I mean, if not, I don't know, we'll, we'll get him. We won't, I don't know. We'll, we'll keep pestering him and see what happens um as always go check out top, Lobster at top use jose at checkout for 10 percent off uh we are basically partners there so if you want to help out Tower Gang, you want to help out uh no way jose uh, go buy some of his merch and also his merch is the shit he does so much work for everybody uh with that yeah let's go ahead and bring on caleb we'll get into it what's up man Not what's man this uh selling a little sick you know i are gonna buy
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah Oh hey, uh, David, I see you in there. Um, hey, I, I just real quick. I know this is bad podcasting content, but uh, I saw your DM. I keep meaning to get back to it because I just I'm really bad about keeping in touch. And I, I see it. I will reply eventually when I get around to it. I'm a busy man. Uh, but yeah, you you're a little little under the weather. Your allergies seem to be getting the best of you. Possibly, I, I know that feeling. <laughs> they flare up every now and then for me too. Yeah ironically I'm allergic to cats and if I don't keep uh, on my daily dosage and I'm really bad at remembering to take my algae pills. So, uh, same. Yeah. Yeah. So same. I, uh, yeah, it fucks me up, yeah, but I, I have a cat
1: and it's normally fine. But if I miss one day of the allergy pill, like I ran out I'm like, oh, I'll just get to yeah. the next day. I didn't do it. Whoa! This yeah, killed me.
0: And I have a—I mean, not a lot of people know this but me and follow me. I have—I breed hairless cats, and they have reduced allergen, but they're not a hundred percent reduced. And because we have multiple, it does flare up. Now, yeah. if I just had like one sphinx, I probably wouldn't have to take allergy pills at all. But uh, you know, considering as I have a, a horde of them, it's a it's a different story. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, so for those out there who who do are curious in getting like a sphinx, a hairless cat. Be aware if you're like incredibly allergic to cats, uh, you will you may still get flare ups, so keep that in mind. But they are reduced allergen, they aren't uh, technically hypoallergenic. Um, yeah, so know. uh, I don't know if I, I think I said it already. This might be a little bit shorter. One, this is the last episode or last chapter, but I'm uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. If it's short, it's short. It is what it is. Don't want to be short in 30 minutes because it's always weird when they go that short, but. Yeah. I think right. we have like eight pages, so we can probably make it last a little while. So we can do it. Yeah. All right. You ready to get into this? Uh yeah, I'll do it. All right. Uh feel free to stop me at any point and uh and uh you know if you have anything to say on the matter. Yeah. At this concluding point, we would like to tie together all we have learned. Thus we can see clearly the path to be taken with a view to ending up with a new ability to figure out how each of us can best walk that path to our own advantage. So let us begin by visualizing that pathway. Next section, the road from Agora. Since we have some picture of an agora society and an all-too-good picture of a status society, let us connect them by slowly degenerating one into the other. Since it is usually more difficult to see how the real here and now becomes the possible, let us run the film backwards let's start with an agri society and run backwards in time to what we have now, a status society. I think it's about to get into a, about to get into a point that I like, cause it kind of makes me think of, uh, how and it's kind of something Hoppe goes into a lot and how, uh, States reformed in the first place. Cause it kind of does, it, it, he really does. Start, if I remember this section correctly, he kind of does start to illustrate, uh, how a free society can slip into a state of society. So
1: yeah, I, um, I did, a, I did, a, I did, did a podcast with, um, Legally Evelyn from Trillo um, on her channel, mm-hmm. uh on uh what must be done? which he kind of goes into how the state was formed. So if anyone wants to hear me go talk more with somebody about that, uh, her look up on Trillo. It's over there.
0: Yeah, no, that's a it's a good. I've I've read that one as well. Uh, but yeah, she's a good guest too. I've been meaning to get her on before or get her on uh her him whatever get her on yeah. on the uh, or on Tower Gang because she strikes me as someone would be funny. But uh, you know, being as she's over in England, it makes for a bitch of a schedule.
1: Well, that's why uh, I almost didn't so up. I was I got home from school, I was gonna take a little nap because he said seven o'clock. And if he texts me and she says, Hey, we're going line fifteen, where are you? And I'm like, about to take a nap. So I had to hop yeah. in there and no prep, zero as I, I, I was I was tired out of it, no caffeine, no prep. But I did yeah. I did all right.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now she uh for those who aren't aware, she's in uh England and she's a, she's like a super based hoppian and then like also like a tranny. Which yeah. is like, it kind of lives up to the stereotype with <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> They're all either trannies or super in it. anime or both. I, I, I'm still waiting
1: for the Hopper Fenboy to come out.
0: Yeah, like, Where are they at? you want going to get you some bussy? <laughs> I, I want some bussy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> bussy, bussy. All right. <laughs> Love that word. The state exists because of mystique that confers upon it the sanction of the victim. Thus, we, we each must have lost our sanction of the state for the Agor to have come about. Very well, running the film of this in-between period backward, it should appear that some mental plague is infecting contented agorists to persuade them, one by one, to give up their freedom and submit to, uh, to control by some embryonic government. A criminal gang with a good line of bunkum, which I uh, honestly have no idea what the hell that means. Um, at first, the state would be able to tax and mobilize only its followers. It would be a voluntary organization sadomasochistic to be sure, but still tolerated by the unaffected agorists. Every time the state tried to prey on insured agorists, it would be brought to arbitration and restitution in force. Still, against all reason, the infection grows and the state is too powerful now for restitution to be enforced. Some privileged people are able to live successfully off plunder and be protected by the mindless subjects of the new state who will sacrifice their own property and even their lives so that some may live off others. Remember, this is the opposite of how people think sanely because we are deliberately going backwards. It should be a comfort to know that this route is highly unlikely in a forward direction. Uh, I don't know if I a hundred percent agree with that necessarily. Cause I, I do think there is something to, uh, things slipping back into it. Cause I mean, it happened in the first place. So like how the hell did it happen in the first place? But I think it may be a slow thing and you know, I, I don't know, but that's a, that's a definitely a deeper topic and something uh, like you kind of alluded to hoppa covers a lot. So if you want to look into that hop, does a great, great job of covering that type of content. Um, The state now has its power elite, ruling class, conspiracy, or whatever term you like best. They can distribute some of this unearned wealth to bribe agorists who have little conviction and a weak will to join the infected masses. Now the state reaches a level that permits it not only to stave off the protection companies, but actually to attack them. At this point, the companies go underground or counter-economic, still enforcing contracts among the remaining agorists and those who are not being very well defended by the inefficient inefficient state apparatus, as well as those who who are not in favor with the status top-level elite. Otherwise, people look out for status enforcers as much as possible and develop evasive techniques in order to keep their manufacture, trade, and services from detection and capture. They develop counter-economic techniques, and they keep on going. Finally, the state compels its new citizens to give up their gold for worthless paper, And then the state divides into several states and mobilizes the citizens to to get to see which ruling class will get the biggest share of the tax plunder. Sound like we've gone a little crazy in imagining anyone permitting this? True enough, but unfortunately, this craziest picture of all describes nothing less than the reality we're living in right now. And I do want to touch on this is something that Rothbard uh, did bring up that this is like in you know his history of money and or in banking. I was actually going to reference that. Yeah, has yeah, a <laughs> yeah. reference uh, to yeah. opening all that ahead. book. Is,
1: he goes into this uh, how mail I want to say I can't remember what state it was, the story with the paper currency. But um, you read him and like, it didn't work out no one liked it. And then a year later, like, we're not going to do it. Then a year later, they did it again. Mm-hmm. And it kind of just kept doing it to Vince. They were
0: like, well, we can't go back now. And they fucked everybody over. Yeah. Which, I mean, I, I do want to point out uh, not necessarily to completely disagree with Konkin, but the way he's kind of framing it is almost like, oh, this would be crazy. And it's like, well, this has happened. So, yeah. <laughs> this is that's exactly a thing that has happened. So, I mean, I, I get the idea of And and I don't think, uh, like, say we did reach a libertarian society or an agri society or something akin to it or a pocket of it. I don't think it would be this, like, quick thing, but it it would be this thing that kind of pervades uh, over time. Because, yeah, I mean, like you just pointed out there with the money thing, it's not like they immediately are like, well, fuck you. Uh, This is what you're doing now. It's like they find ways to propose it as something to be beneficial. People buy into it. And then it's it really, you can apply to all the COVID stuff too. And how they've gone about this stuff, you know, start as two weeks. Yeah. Oh, just two weeks. We're going to do two weeks. And now here gonna, we are. And two <laughs> weeks. Yeah. And then, I mean, this is basic persuasion, you know, like tricks. Like, you know, you ask somebody for something little and you, you kind of like, it's kind of take an inch, give, or you give them an inch, you take a mile. Like once you've gotten somebody to give a little bit, I mean, this is a sales technique. You know, if you can get someone to just buy in a little bit, you know, you yeah. can get them to buy in more over time. So and it's different with a state because it's a sales technique, but it's also, to some extent, it's enforced. So, like, once you change your mind, you're like, well, no, here we are. You agreed yeah. to it. So. You're locked into the Ponja scheme. game. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. All right. The path from here to Agora now becomes blindingly obvious. As more people reject the state's mystifications, nationalism, pseudo-economics, false threats, and betrayed political promises, the counter-economy grows both vertically and horizontally. Horizontally, it involves more and more people who turn more and more of their activities toward the counter-economic. Vertically, it means new structures, businesses, and services grow specifically to serve the counter-economy. Safe communication links, arbitraries, insurances for specifically illegal activities, early forms of protection technology, and even guards and protectors. You uh, better say something or you're just breathing there. Squeezing, <laughs> yeah. oh. Uh, eventually, the underground breaks into the overground where most people are agorists. Few are sayists, and the nearest state of enforcement cannot effectively crush them. Do you have anything to add to that? That's something that popped in my mind, but I forgot about it completely. Um, yeah, I got something to add. I had something. Something good. All right. Um, these agorist condensations are highly vulnerable when first exposed, but will probably evaporate back into the anonymous masses when seriously threatened oh i know what it is uh it's i forget you might know it was when the founding fathers had that line about like how to you have to it's like to persist or to keep liberty you need like an educated and continual mass i guess it's kind of like a democracy argument of like you need a well-educated yeah. i wish i could remember which founding father um, said it to, on.
1: one of the it sounds like the, to me was uh, i think it was sims madison had no sorry adams one his two said um the con- this, this constitution we built is for moral and virtuous people. Uh, I can see another one saying something about an educated populace. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can't remember who it was. I, if it's not Thomas Jefferson or Adams and Hamilton, I can't remember any of them.
0: Yeah, which, uh, I mean, that's kind of what I'm getting at here is, even though we're not talking about, like, a democracy, I, that's kind of what we're talking about, like, whether slipping into a, back into a status uh, paradigm or some shit, like, I think that's part of it, because... And that's kind of the crux of agorism is I do think to some extent a state kind of is a little bit of a laziness thing. And, you know, and to, you can even tie this into party politics and shit like that, um, you know, being and a lot of people are like you need to do the work. And it's like, is it really work? Like I get there are people who go door to door and do this and do that. But it's like or you could like build yourself up, you know. Uh, you know this. To, you know, I guess this would be the wealth, power, and influence type thing, which I said is basically kind of the same thing as agorism. Yeah, it's like these are the things you need to be doing. You need to be bettering yourself so you can be a more moral, educated. Also, are creating uh you're building up the agora is one way to frame it you're you're essentially creating the incentives economically for people to follow this this route but once you start slipping back into even if it's something as simple as like party politics not to say that's like necessarily statist if if you're going down that route it kind of is almost like this lazy thing Mm -hmm. where you're like it's i don't know kind of detracts from you if you will and that's what kind of slips it back into that yeah, yeah, the
1: best the best argument against uh and algorithm is people are too lazy to do it, themse- do it themselves Yeah. <laughs> um, and the state makes things easier. Like I Watch a Block was going in about like competing contracts of multiple um, protection agencies. And I'm like, that's too much work, I'm not gonna have the government do it. Yeah. Um and the other thing is um how to put this. Laziness is also associated with like a, a, a surrogate process, like K- You know, It's like, oh, yeah. I, instead of working on myself, I'm just going uh, to attach myself to a name and then feel fulfilled through that name. Yeah, And so
0: it's – yeah. And it's laziness and stupidity too because it's hey, a matter me. of like, – because it's not even necess- – because it's like people do these things. Not to keep harping on like party <laughs> politics, but like say party politics is a good example. People do these things because they think it, it it's going to lead to their desired ends. And it's, but in in some extent, it's also kind of easier than being like, I'll just make myself better. I'll, you know, go build this business, go do that. I'll Mm -hmm. go, you know, take this calf to market. I'll go make a garden, whatever, you know, like, but it's, it's also, but it doesn't really. So that's the thing, like, but people don't really think these things through and like the, the results of their actions, they just, it's action for the sake of action or, or. You know what I mean? So it's like I don't know so it's laziness and stupidity, which is which is part of why I like I, I, I like to the harp on elitism a lot because I think you know, elitism, becoming an elite, make yourself better, you yeah. know, like that is the way forward. Like I, I'm an elitist, like all the way. Yeah. Like I want, yeah. I want
1: good, not to high welcome elite people who are better than me at everything.
0: Yes, um, and it, I, I think elites like true elites, like what Hopper's talking about, mm-hmm. I think inspires others to be cut co- to rise as well. Yes, and you're, you know, and if you throw away all that useless, cool. shit, you're kind of, yeah. you know, what I mean, like you're, yeah, well, there's, there's
1: it- two kinds of people there's the ones who are in the gym, and when they see the buff guys, they go, I want to work out harder. Then there's the ones who go to the gym and see buff guys and go, ah, it looks like too much work, or they feel bad about themselves and leave. And if people are gonna leave, I'll come out to anything regardless, so it doesn't matter. Hmm. And so, yeah. you just gotta make sure you get the right people to see the white right people, and it just starts cascading from there.
0: Yep. All right, finally, one grows large enough to defend itself against the nearest state. Um, others rally to it, and those agorists staying home under state's rule become ever richer trading ports with the first Agora condensations. The rapid collapse of state taxation ability at this point will push the state to rely even more on inflation to support itself. The counter-economists ab- abandon fiat money ever faster and use gold-entrusted agoras gold warehouse receipts Hard money checks. I do want to – I actually want to back up because you said um, they'll, these rapid collapse of state taxation ability at this point will push the state to rely even more on inflation to support itself. Which – because a lot of people will say shit like um, – they'll say stuff like, oh, you're, you're going to starve the government? They'll just make more. <laughs> and it's like, okay. But and I guess it's a little bit of a collapsitarian argument and I'm not even – I don't like the framing of collapsitarianism because – uh say with like something like an a- agorism, like you're not necessarily your goal isn't to collapse the state your goal yeah. is to build up something but that naturally also in it in itself also is collapsing it so if one thing falls another rises um isn't so uh popular thing about
1: like power is it uh the power power uh power doesn't strictly grow it is simply conserved and transferred Yes. And so once you when you start growing the agorist state you're gonna have power being being contested and being moved around, you're gonna have that situation. But it's not like you're not, by essence, by creating a, a counter power, you are going to be either siphoning power off of the other people.
0: Yes, yeah, that's a good way to put it. That's why I really liked the uh, his tropism It's a good way to explain yeah. multiple things. Uh, I mean, he really is a genius. Like when he yes. when he frames it out, you're like, oh yeah, I thought I was smart. <laughs> yeah, but my point being is because a lot of people like scoff at it, like, oh, you're by yeah. by not giving the state money, you're gonna, and it's like, and it. I don't even saying one person necessarily does it, but if you get people into this mindset of, because a lot of people already subconsciously sort of have the mindset, people don't claim taxes and everything. Even the most upstanding citizen doesn't like claim taxes on claim every little thing. Floor. Yeah, so like, it's more about leaning into that, but not to the point to where you're like, I'm going to get myself fucked over. But in in that those little things, it will cause the state to have to overreact to support itself, which will be its undoing. So, you know, and I, I know that will have negative effects on some people, but it's going to, I mean, yeah. <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's kind of like, oh, okay, uh, you know, uh, what are you looking at in the chat? <laughs>
1: yeah, so someone said, I think he's trying to say Aquinas, but I don't know if he's, I don't know if he's, uh, Aquinas. Uh, yeah, are you, are you talking about like, Thomas um, Aquinas, David? Like, um, yeah, that's how you spell it, I'm, just, I'm trying to. I don't know. He said it's like a elite hierarchy argument for God. Ten reasons, and now I'm trying like I I don't think I'm reading this correctly. I'm trying to parse out what he's saying. Just find me on Twitter mm-hmm. and DM me because I want I'm curious about yeah. what he's trying to say here.
0: David, if you want us to address your stuff, uh, you know, go get your parents' uh, credit card and drop a super chat, and uh, yeah. we'll 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 hit it up at some point, probably at the end of the episode.
1: Is this David guy on Twitter? He's been on his chats. I'm gonna give him a follow.
0: Yeah, I know he's good stuff. He, uh, you should totally go on his show sometime. The, the Road to Providence. He's, uh, he's got like Sunday special and stuff. I've been on his, his show. Uh, you definitely go check him out. Um, all right. The counter-economists abandon fiat money ever faster and use gold and trusted agorist gold warehouse receipts. The runaway inflation approaches what Ludwig, Ludwig von Mises termed the crack-up boom. Paper money is completely abandoned like 1923 German Reichsmarks and 1781 U.S. Continentals and 1787 French assignats. Uh, you should see the aforementioned novel Alongside Night for a thrilling presentation of the scenario. I cannot harp on this enough. Anyone out there listening to this, Alongside Night is amazing. It's like, you know, Ayn Rand has her uh, fiction that kind of like supports her theory. This is like that, but actually entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> i mean the that one was pretty good i, I enjoyed it i one. don't know it was okay. atlas
1: i could not get through Alice shrugged i, tried. I haven't Alice
0: Shrugged. there's no point there's no point in trying. if that one had though, it actually is good stuff in there i don't know it-, it was good but i i didn't find it enjoyable it really comes across to me as like like alongside night comes le- comes off as like an enjoyable fiction thing that i don't but it's like it's almost like ayn rand was like i have this theory. And I'm going to like force my fiction into it. Whereas like alongside night was like, here's this fiction. And it also has a accompanying theory to go with it. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. At the critical point when the protection companies can protect anyone who asks for a policy and is willing to pay for it. The state loses its monopoly on legitimate legitimized coercion. Uh, do, 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 do. Yeah. Which that's the big thing. Uh, I mean, well, I you know when I go into new libertarian manifesto with uh, with a uh, Sal, that's one of the biggest things is like once we get to a point – uh, because there's different phases. Once you get to the point where you can start actually protecting ourselves mm-hmm. using the Agora through like protection agencies, which we kind of already to some extent have examples of that now but not so much widespread. But once we get to that point, that's when things really start yeah. turning because it's like that's the big thing the state has to offer is like, hey, we're the monopoly on mm-hmm. violence. It's like – not so fast, Bucko <laughs> yeah. well, that's, exactly, that's what Hopper brought up and is
1: uh, what must be done uh like so. yeah. he brings up like we don't we don't have uh any comp we have there's no competing elites. all elites are Kim Kardashian who does um uh, prison reform or yeah. Elon Musk we have no actual elites who could offer us uh alter- like private statecraft. so we need to think about so right we need to either take over a state and create private statecraft or become the elites who can provide private statecraft so we have competition to power Kim threats.
0: Yeah, uh, d- just so those guys know, people know, I brought up at Real David BJR on on Twitter. That's uh the Road to the Province David. I've been on his show, so I highly suggest anyone listening go check him out. It's good stuff. He's like a little sixteen year old. He's doing. He's knocking shit out. He's he's got shit way together better than I do at his age. I will say I was a lot more buff, but I was a lot more dumb too. So, but you know, you know, you win some, you lose some. But, <laughs> um. Once the power elite realizes that it has come to this, they will throw all the force they have left at the Agora. The protection companies will defend the agorists. The taxpayers will flee the state to the free market. The military will desert as the state runs out of acceptable pay and supplies for them, and the state will collapse. Which, you know, I I didn't necessarily 100% get this from uh, agorism per se, but it was like multiple things I was reading and kind of reading how things work. This is in large part, because uh, a lot of people know I was active-duty military, and I, I got out. Um, I didn't get out. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've been an anarchist for years, so I didn't like what I was doing. But then the day, I, I'm very much a – I say this all the time. I'm an egoist, so, uh, you know, like it's, it's more about what serves me. Uh, so, you know, like – but I didn't like what I was doing. I mean, I was a mechanic, so it wasn't like I was like out there like killing people. But I didn't like being part of that machine. Um, but – in reality the reason why i got out was because of that because i got to the point where because like before 2020 i was more like uh fucking um yes david agorism is a spook everything's a spook uh but um before 2020 i was more like it's a, it's a egoism thing uh <laughs> but uh before 2020 i was like you know what this thing's probably gonna collapse in like a hundred years ish, you know, nothing to be concerned about in my lifetime. So I can just, you know, live off the dole of the state, you know, doing this job that I mean, don't be wrong. I can probably make like an autistic argument for how I'm negatively affecting someone. At the same time, someone's going to fill my spot, you know, whether I'm there or not. So like, I guess it's better to be me and I can kind of influence the people that are there, uh, you know, like, not that I really want to be there, but I'm like a decade into, you know, halfway to a pension, you know, like whatever. Then 2020 happened, and I was like, holy fuck, the the math changed. Mm -hmm. And so I really – I started to realize, like, why am I doing this miserable thing that likely – I think – there's going to be a huge paradigm shift or shit like that in the next 10 to 30 years. And like, yeah, I guess by that time I had my pension, but of what use is a pension when you have hyperinflation and like, what are they going to do? Are they really going to raise, are they going to adjust the cost of living for that pension to be even worth that other 10 years I put into it? Like, really? I don't think so. I'd be better off backing away from that and trying to do my best to engage with the Angora or, or whatever, you know, increase my, um, uh, you know, different, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Different flows of money or whatever the word is yeah. for that. Uh, revenue streams, you know, because, you know, but yeah, th- that's why. Because what he just said there, like, uh, once the power elites release, realize it has come to this, it will throw all the force they have left to the gore. The protection companies will defend the aggress, The taxpayers will flee the state to the free market. The military will desert as the state runs out of pay and supplies them and the state will collapse. Now, that sounds a little bit dramatic. I don't yeah. think it'll be the way I think that is like true, but not the way he framed it. Like the, uh, it, it'll be a little bit different if, if that makes sense. So that's why I'm like I, I you know I think the state will probably still have people working there, but it, it people will leave over time, uh you yeah. know because it'll be like the the pay is shit, you know like uh, I don't know like I don't know. Anyways, um, give me an idea. I want to. I
1: think i, so, I so much to do this on the podcast now. I have an idea. I'm gonna. Get, find some historians who are like experts in falls of civilizations yeah. and then have them come on and kind of go through how did Rome fall? What was that like? And then go through every single civilization I can think of. Yeah. And so you yeah, at the end of it kind of go, what's one what are we in? And I'm just yeah. going to be a fun fun podcast.
0: Yeah. And that's kind of my point. I think like when you hear someone briefly or dramatically explain a collapse, it sounds crazy. But then, like, so that's what I'm saying what, what Konkin just said there. I think it's true. But if you said that to most people, they'd be like, well, that's ridiculous. It's because it's the way he phrased it. It makes it sound more dramatic and more sudden than it really is. Whereas, like, this is a slower process, and it won't necessarily be this thing that happens all at once. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, so it may not look that way. It's kind of like, um, I don't know, I just had uh, Keith Knight on, uh, and we did the Has This Thing. And dude. We, we were talking about how this the law is inherently – uh, not, how, how do I frame this? It's not determinate. Like it's not this, like, it's kind of a, you know, it's a sense, it's very subjective, but we have this illusion that the law is this rule of law, this, like these, you know, these lines in the sand, these, you know, strict rules. And it's like, but the only reason why that appears that way to us is because in the course of our lifetime, it seems that way because it's a slow process of changing. And I know one example uses in there is kind of goes into how uh, I forget which one it was, but it's how a certain legal, legal thing uh, it made it initially started out as a justification for uh, fucking separate, but, uh, but equal type shit. Mm-hmm. And then like decades later, now it's this same justification for affirmative action. So it's like, yeah. but it, so it's like they're able to use that legal wording and it changes over time but you know within the course of you know what normal people's attention span is it seems to be consistent where it's like no this shit is not so it's mm-hmm. the same idea when it comes to collapse like when you hear someone explain it in a brief you know sort of accurate dramatic way it sounds ridiculous but it's like okay but you got to think like this goes over the course of decades so it's like it's not going to be a sudden thing usually so all right All right, the last sentence describes to agorist revolution, accept no substitute behavior involving agorist attacks on the state. We are strictly defensive. Some people with grudges against the state incited because of state-murdered loved ones may undertake some spectacular commando raids and such, but that would not be the norm. Having spelled all this out, we still have one big question left unanswered. Why has this not happened already? All right, now we go to the next section, the false dichotomy. Divide and conquer has been a status motto and tactic since Julius Caesar. The division of libertarianism from counter-economics has many causes, but several can be attributed to status encouragement of a logic or rationality and sheer mysticism. Hmm. Nowhere is this more evident than in the very field of thought confronting us. Moral philosophy and economics is nowhere they're here to, to remember that the first economist Adam Smith was a professor of moral philosophy. <coughs> Yeah, I want, to... I want to. Yeah, go
1: uh, ahead. yeah, first economist that is that was a claim people made. I don't think that's an accurate claim. There were some um, early scholastics who would write about economics two hundred years before he did, yeah. and they had like the first economics treatise was by a scholastic on the um, the morality of money. So you can think ethics and money production. They were they were close to the Austrian school that Smith was, and so uh, if anyone wants to read more on that, um, ethics and money production by Joachim like, Hussmann and. Uh, History of Economics that for Adam Smith by uh, Mossbord.
0: This reminds me of like uh, the autism in our groups whenever someone goes oh the first anarchist was so and so or a group of anarchists and so you're like whoa whoa whoa! <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, 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 can't, well, I get autistic that's one thing I
1: get autistic about is, like these classics are really good at economics and um, it bugs me because so many Catholics now suck at economics and it's like you have a tradition that is great on this and you guys claim you love that tradition and you ignore all the best parts of it. So I guess it's, it's a frustrating thing.
0: All right, where are we at? Uh, morally, the state and its clerical toadies have separated the moral from the practical. Several strains toadies. of religious thought – I'm sorry, what did you say?
1: Toadies. I just said that was <laughs> yeah. funny.
0: Yeah, it is a funny term. I haven't heard that since uh, – what's her name? Um, I can't think of her name now. She was just on the part of the prom episode today. They did a – not like a guess, but like a clip of her. Um, but yeah, she, Oh fuck it. Whatever. I'm not going to go to, okay. I can't remember her name. Uh, Kantian altruism down to Hegel's explicit worship of the state have told people to try to live morally, but always fail. Um, then the people who were let, who oh, damn, I'm fucking, then the people who were to let the state with the blessings of the established church of states ideology, punish them. Economically, the court economists have distorted and changed the laws of economics to suit the ruling group. Mercantilism, economic nationalism, Fabianism, fascism, Keynesianism, monetarism, supply-side economics, socialism, social democracy, progressivism, New Deal, Fair Deal, Square Deal, New Frontier, Just Society, Great Society, War Communism, unspecified hope and change, and middle of the roadism are political frauds and economic nonsense. Yeah.
1: Specifically, <sighs> uh, middle of the roadism. I like that expression. Merit of devotion to socialism is a, is probably the best thing he just ever wrote besides the book "Socialism." Mm-hmm. It is, uh, and just the this a metric of how the government will cause a problem or not fix the problem, and then claim any money to fix the problem, and keep growing. That how mm-hmm. the, how the, how that cycle goes it can be applied to the protection, police, drug war, anything the state does. You can apply the, the interventionism. He just writes about that one to it, and this—it is an incredible read, and it's only like three pages long. So everyone listening yeah. to this, definitely read it.
0: Yeah, um, I do want to point out uh, once again, it's this matter of like intentionality or, or not. Like when it comes to like say, for example, they he listed all these things that like the corner economists have distorted and changed the laws of economics to suit the ruling group, and it's like there is a degree of intentionality in there in that phrasing, and I'm not saying that intentionality does not exist, but it's also something that can happen unintentionally because it's just one of these things that. I don't know, let's, let's say with like the the state and economic shit, like in general, like naturally the elites are going to like the stuff that supports what they believe. And that doesn't, this is even a human thing. Like if, if, uh, like, I don't know, like say with, I talk about agorism, egoism all the time the people who like agorism and egoism, I'm going to have a tendency to, or that make arguments for them. I'm going to have a slight tendency, whether that doesn't even mean I'm doing it intentionally or dishonestly to kind of be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're making good arguments. Yeah. yeah. And, and this is just a human cognitive thing that we just kind of do. On, it's like, was it a uh, confirmation bias? Yeah. And so, you know, something like the state, there's going to be confirmation bias. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are people who do it intentionally, but it's also something that happens unintentional. So it's this thing where, when it comes to like the state you'll you'll tell people they'll be like say people who are like deep in economics and they'll be like well this is what everyone believes or whatever you know like oh we can just print our way out of it or whatever i mean i'm sure i can think of a better example that's the thing that comes to mind you know what the covid is a good example it's always mm-hmm. such a good example it's kind of like people <laughs> like what why would these people lie about this why why would they lie well there's this is the this is the reigning belief or whatever and it's like okay but like you got to think the sources where this came from. And I'm not even necessarily saying these people are lying, but it's just like when someone's speaking their language and confirming what they already believe or want people to believe, they're going to naturally go along with it. By the way, uh, David Brunett pointed out with Barry Weiss. Barry Weiss, I forget what she does. She's some writer for something, but like she. She, she was said, the New York Times lady who quit because yeah. the cancer culture, even though
1: she was constantly canceling people who for so anti Semitism. Yeah. I just know
0: she had called uh, – that's what it was, Tulsi Gabbard. She called her uh, uh, a sod toady. And then yeah. like, Joe Rogan uh. was like, okay, well, well, you want to back that? that up? And yeah. she's like, "And he's like, what is a toady? And she's like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah.
1: the Baywise, she's a great example of the left. Uh, how, how do I quit it? What's, what's the term for it? Um, you're never left enough or you're left until someone comes for you. Yeah. Like. Right. She was like, we got to cancel people for anti Semitism. In a moment, she got a little bit like of heat or saw, not even heat. She saw it was possible, but she grew cancer too. She was like, oh, cancer, course, is bad, guys. It's all bad now because
0: they started canceling, they started eating their own. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, but yeah, I just want to point that out with the economists, because sometimes I think people give the get the idea with like libertarians or anarchists or or or, or whatever that were these kooky people and were just thinking of this crazy conspiracy going on. And don't get me wrong. There's obviously I do think there are conspiracy angles, but I think the vast majority. I <laughs> yeah, I think the vast majority of this stuff is it's probably like ninety-five plus percent of like the, you know, the the ruling elite or the fucking government or whatever. It's just like just natural cognitive bias that leads them one way or the other and then there yeah. is like a small group that are like actually legit probably nefarious people yeah. but
1: y'all well, y'all yeah. talks about that a little bit how it's more or less just, it's a machine at this point it has a few cogs actually make decisions mm-hmm. um but most of them are just kind of like going along with the systems that have already been set up and kind of just yeah. going through the motions
0: yeah, and they just find ways to agree with it. I mean, it's the same thing. I brought up the military thing. I can't tell you how many people I talk to in the military and I have a completely coherent argument about how this is bad, that's bad, why are we doing this, doing And they all have reasons they they believe it. They find ways to go along with it. Like, very very rarely do you meet someone who's just like, well, I mean, because I don't give a fuck and, like, I don't care if the things I do are bad or whatever, you know? Like, and Egypt right.
1: just in the bad sense.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, in most cases, the priests, intellectuals, and rulers knew what they were doing, continued doing it until the stink oil no longer sold. They, then they simply slapped a new label on the same noxious brew. Most people are ignorant of economics today and remain frightened by the subject. Most people think morality is either impossible, irrelevant, or something they can, they can do nothing about, but which will uh, catch up with them eventually, either while they are alive or after their death. Um, as many sages have repeated, the truth will set you free. Even the cases where the truth was dimly seen as through the ga- glass darkly, the liberating effects have been visible. I do want to touch on it real quick, uh, not to bring up egoism again, because one of the major tenets of egoism is like morality is a spook. And I do actually kind of agree. I do think it's like just made-up nonsense, but it's not means, it doesn't mean it's made-up nonsense without a purpose. Let's say yeah. with like, truth, how he says truth will set you free. I have no moral qualms with lying, but I don't see it. I don't see it an intelligent way to go about life creating a habit of lying. So I think you're better off habitually telling the truth yeah. within reason. But now the other day, if there's a situation where I'm in a pinch and I have to lie because X, Y, and Z, I ben I, I weigh the pros and cons, but generally speaking, I'm you know honest. But like the other day, if it comes down to my hide, I will fucking lie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like, yeah. And I think even people who say otherwise will do. So, I mean, yeah. But yeah, then the the truth will set you free. So I do think there is truth to that, um, you know, because I I do think it's a better way to go about life. Because then people see you're an honest person; they 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 view you as a, an honor, like a person to be honored or whatever, you know. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, so I'm, I'm, I'm a I'm a Christian natural law guy, yeah. so I don't agree with a lot of that. But I think you're coming from.
0: Yeah. Well, it's it's a, it's one of those things where it's like we kind of circle back around because I actually pretty much have a lot of the same uh, beliefs as you. It's just the bedrock is different. Like yeah. I, I I agree like with a lot of the moral things you agree with, but from more of a utilitarian perspective, because yeah. I'm just like, you know, the things you call moral, I just call it a good way to live life. <laughs> like you know, there's, there's gotta uh, be
1: some meme I can make about uh the, the natural law argument for hating women and then the egoist argument for hating women.
0: Yeah, Rebellious religious sects often morphed into authoritarian cults, but some inche- achieved incredible freedom, such as the Rhode Island Baptists, the Pennsylvanian Quakers, and the American deists who advanced the American revolutionary ideology. Adam Smith and his immediate followers in Europe created such an impact in their early 19th century trade policies that a wave of economic prosperity swept the world with just a lowering of trade bar- barriers toward freedom. Then came World War I in the heyday of socialism, justified largely by the failure of free enterprise. It did not fail, it was stifled by internal progressive regulation and external war emergencies. With the collapse of socialism and its various offspring, such as Soviet communism and American liberalism, a vacuum has opened for an ideology to inspire and guide thinking people. Though the states of the world give lip service to various socialist ideals, they are aware, or their higher circles are aware, that socialist ideals are losing their ability to beguile. Perhaps something called libertarianism, having given up its remaining ties to liberty while prom- promising to provide it through statism, will be the next bottle of snake oil the confidence men of the state will offer to maintain our sanctions. I like that because that's something he touches on more in NLM, uh, New Libertarian Manifesto, about how uh, libertarianism, quote unquote, will be. There's likely that there's a, there's a chance that that may be, and that I always use like somebody like a Robbie Suave as an example of this, because, like, say somebody like him, you know, like, he's clearly like the establishment, you know, type libertarian, like, that is totally something that can become uh, and it's almost like, uh, I'm not even so- necessarily saying I-, I don't know, like, how-, how am I trying to put this? He could be something in the future that the state uses to maintain its power, if that makes sense, Yeah. Uh, which, I mean, I guess you the reason types, whatever, like um, you know you know what i mean they find ways to kind of be um what's what's the so what's the fucking communist term they use uh useful idiots uh, although i mean somebody like him i could to i'm not saying he's he's a what's the word i'm looking for that he's a purposeful bad actor but i wouldn't be surprised <laughs> so yeah it's kind of like the based people or whatever <laughs> so um but yeah
1: uh, you have anything to add to that or no? Um, the term base is not quince. Don't use it.
0: Oh yeah, I still use it, but like I can't help it. it but
1: well, it's the same way I use blah and
0: blah and dog. It's yeah. just
1: it's 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 in my lexicon and it will be there until eventually I get
0: napped out of me. Yeah, I, I no, I hate it. I mean, I'm I, I can't lie. I probably will have a hard time getting rid of it. But
1: I will, I will, but... I, will, I will never drop quints, copencies and those would be the ones I never drop. But base, I got I got to drop base.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I say it sometimes, and I just go, ugh. Yeah. So maybe I'll, I'll I'll shame myself out of it eventually. We need a new We need to yep. we'll have something awesome. All right. Uh, all right. The state in the mind. The state has guns and men to use them. As we have seen, however, it not only can fail to coerce a rebellious majority, it cannot even stop an enterprising minority of black marketeers and other counter-economists uh which i guess to touch on that real quick it's kind of the idea that's kind of one of the main points of uh agorism is that like i mean it because people always point to like the revolution and be like look what we can do with like a three percent majority or whatever because three percenters or whatever the fuck you know you don't need that many to, to rebel against the state but yeah. you need, you need even less if you're doing it in a decentralized you know uh manner to where it's like if you're just like individuals doing shit and you and say you have some sort of unformed, you know, trading network or whatever that's not official or even semi-official, there's not much the state can really do about it. I mean, yeah, they might be able to fuck with one person here and there, but it's like kind on of the point of agorism as long as you're like being smart about it and not like overdoing it to the point to where they can royally fuck you. Yeah. You know, like no one's saying go fucking uh, who's the one guy who got his whole family fucking slaughtered for going to the woods or whatever. Um, I can't even think of his name. It's like the thing preceded Waco. Um, I don't know. I'll, I'll think of it later. Um, was it Bundy? No, that's something else. No, uh, Bundy was the guy who killed people. He's a serial killer. No, Bundy ranch. Or was that what it was? No, I don't. Know, whatever. I don't know. Uh, people probably know what I'm getting at. Point being is like, you don't have to be this like thing that lives out in the, in the fucking woods and pisses off the state and you know, martyr yourself. Like don't be stupid about it. All right. The state must be defeated in each person's mind. Once you personally reject its hold over you, you are as free as your intelligence, your will to take risks and the aid of your allies can keep you. I like the way he put that. Um, And I know a lot of people scoff when people say like something like the state is only in the mind and, I mean, it's true, though. I mean, I get it. The state is a group of people, but you know, that it, it also is true. it's like a concept in people's mind. It, it really is. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not even saying that it will ever be necessarily broken, but that's at its root, that's what it is. Um, you know, and yeah. Uh, I don't have anything to add to that. Nope. All right. New converts to Christianity describe a similar process, which they call being born again. Even in darkest Russia or China, entrepreneurs thrive and for a high price buy their well-being and additional freedom. Of course, any North American, Australian, or European reading this should have a relatively easier time and a higher payoff. What may be needed in addition to spreading the word and living it is some form of agropsychology. psychology. Perhaps we can use the examples of therapy, for childhood mistreatment or consciousness-raising groups for feminist, gays, and other obviously oppressed groups. Uh, I mean, not so much these these days, but yeah. you know, <laughs> at that point it was accurate. <laughs> um, we can all get together in small affinity groups of trusted friends and allies to dig our contradictions out of our unconscious. We can flush out the state from our heads by ourselves or together, or both ways. Every law that you obey must be re-examined with thought. How does it protect life and property? If, as almost every law in our system does, it actually constricts the market or steals outright, it should not be obeyed, save when force is reported nearby and menacing you directly. I like that.
1: I, I actually brought, I, I almost, I don't know, I'll said it, but I said the same thing earlier today. I was in a podcast with uh, Tommy Salmons and uh, Mark, uh, Mike Mahaney mm-hmm. uh, earlier today, and uh, I brought up the term tactical, like, woman said, team to me is not... Uh, don't obey the state or do obey the state, it means tactical pacifism. As in, when the state says, Hey, don't murder people, well, of course, I'm gonna because that That's already a good thing not to do. And when the state says, Hey, do this, like, well, no, that's wrong to do, so I'm not gonna do it. But I'm also not gonna flauntly break, break the law and like flaunt it everywhere. That's not my job. My job is tactical pacifism.
0: Yeah, this is a uh, pretty much here. Well, it's a uh, it kind of reminds me too of a lot of uh. Uh, Jeff Dice thing about how like states should like start just doing whatever the fuck they want to some extent. Yeah. Say with say with, like prayer in school. Say you're in some state or county or whatever, and that's a big deal to you. You're you're either the resounding, you know, people in the area really are like, we want prayer in school. Mm-hmm. Like to start doing it, and when the feds come in and say stop doing it, you stop doing it, and when they go away, you start doing it again.
1: <laughs> <Who are they? laughs> so I can't remember who someone was running for office, and they said, if I win, I will cut the water and power off to all uh, federal government buildings.
0: Yeah, I, 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 I heard who it was
1: yeah. but no, they, they, they need prayer when it's cool. I'm glum that's so the only reason I passed
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, do, do, do. I like that though it's all it, if as almost every law in our system does it actually constricts the market or steal outright it should not be obeyed save when a force is reported nearby and menacing you directly which is kind of the point it's not saying like go out and purposely break laws mm-hmm. it's just like it's in disregarding the law isn't even the right way to put it either because a lot of people put like accuse aggressive just ignoring the thing. I'm trying to think, like, I'm sure there's a better word to, to fucking describe it, but it's just a matter of like, you know, if it's a law and it's something that, like, you know, is in any way a hindrance to you or actually hurts other people or shit, mm-hmm. like, don't do, don't comply with it yeah. unless there's actually some sort of legitimate risk that you are not willing to accept. Like, yeah. you know, I mean, if you're someone who's willing to be a martyr, okay, that's your subjective value. But for most people, they're like, well, I want to keep continuing on with life or whatever. So, or even a matter of like, well, I can't afford a $4,000 fine. I mean, maybe a thousand dollar fine. I could, especially since I'm profiting $2,000 off this fucking interaction. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so it's really just about using your intelligence. Um Cause, I think he even said something earlier about, you know, using your kind of using your head uh, to kind of like for shit like this. You know, once you personally reject its hold over you, you are as free as your intelligence, your will to take risks, and the aid of your allies can keep you. So, yeah. All right. Once you have successfully arranged your life to live in the free market anarchy to the extent that you can accept the risks, which is kind of what I was just touching on, the higher the risks, the bigger the payoff, including freedom you can and will quite naturally add to your ranks. Risks are lowered by trustworthy marketeers working together. Soon, everyone will know agorists are the most trustworthy of all. Come runaway inflation and depressions, the unemployed and bankrupt in the state's economy will see unlimited jobs and entrepreneurial opportunities, not to mention the preserved wealth for capital that the counter-economy offers and join it if only to keep from starving, losing their homes, their family support, and their remaining self-respect. Remember, an agorist is one who lives counter-economically without guilt for his or her heroic day-to-day actions with the old libertarian morality of never violating another person or property. There is no membership card to fool you. An agorist is one who lives agorism, except no counterfeits. There are agorists who are uh, trying to live up to it. There are, of course, liars who will claim to be anything. As Yoda said so succinctly, do or do not, there is no try. That's agorism, and that's that. I love how he ends it with a Star Wars quote. What a, right? What He's a, a fucking, fucking fat
1: nerd. <laughs> a fat nerd who can write really good books.
0: Right? Yeah, no, he is fucking something else. That how goes. Yeah. What is, there's something in there that kind of caught my eye, but... All right, Yeah. You know, I really like that. Like, once you've successfully arranged your life to live in the free market anarchy to the extent that you can accept the risks, the higher the risks, the bigger the payoff, including freedom, you can and will quite naturally add to your ranks. You know, I, I, I mean, really, it's just our fucking, it's really, you know, Austrian economics put in action. You know, that's really what it is. So, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. well I, let me ask you after going through this book, what, what, what was your big takeaway from the book? I, I don't know. I mean, it really was just kind of a repeat of stuff I've gone over. Uh, it, the biggest takeaway from that is because that my recollection of it was correct. Um, you know, that like, I do think a lot, of, I mean, no wrong, I still, I'm going to go, I'm going to recover NLM with Sal. Uh, so maybe some of the stuff, but like, this is basically like 50% of all of the uh, theory so and a lot of people have critiques of agorism. And after reading that, I, I still think a lot of their critiques are are misplaced. A lot hey, of the critiques you, are here.
1: What was LB Muniz's uh, critique? I, know, I haven't watched the podcast do this about uh, critiquing agorism. But what was I
0: mean, he has critique? multiple. I'd have to – and I think we even talked about it a little bit because I had an episode with him following that up. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, I mean, I actually think he was kind of pretty on point with a lot of it because mm. he was kind of going into how a lot of agorists <laughs> are very – borderline zealots and i think that's true which is one point i always try to emphasize because one takeaway i got and like i said i still have another i go back and read nlm and i've only read uh agris primer now twice and nlm once Mm -hmm. uh but the biggest takeaway is that like it's not this all or nothing thing like Mm -hmm. that's why i emphasize that last thing in the end like accept the risk type thing um but like a lot of people have this like crazy zealous shit about it and it it comes off as cringy and i I always use the example of uh the angry atheist like that is that is the vibe i get from a lot of agorists and i came off because i was the angry atheist one atheist once because i i'm an atheist i'll I'll readily admit it i mean i've told people this before i don't i try not to make a big (laughs) 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 to be clear when i say atheist i'm not asserting there is no god i'm just asserting a disbelief in in a god I, i don't I basically am, I am basically what people call agnostic, but it, it's different. Uh, to be clear, for because I always feel like I have to emphasize this. Yeah. Atheist. No, I, I love theist, yeah. a- a- Atheist. theist is a question of belief. Gnostic. Agnostic is a question of yeah. knowledge. Yeah. So I'm, I'm an agnostic atheist. Yeah. I don't claim to, to <laughs> I I don't claim to know, but I don't believe. Yeah. You know. So my my, and,
1: my best friend's uh, agnostic. Yeah, so I, and I, I I buy with you guys.
0: Yeah, I only like agnostics. Like even among theists, I, I I find it super annoying. Gnostic theists, people who claim knowledge, like in their belief, like it's one thing to believe, it's another thing to claim knowledge. Those are different claims. So if you're someone who's like, I know this is true, and there's no way you can argue this, you're like, I mean, all right, I, But now somebody like, uh, and I've had this discussion with uh with Daniel before, uh, or Jacob. <laughs> He gets pissed by that. Well, uh, I should just keep calling Daniel shamelessly. but um okay. I've had this discussion with him, and he's even admitted that like he thinks it's kind of silly for Christians to be gnostic uh, uh, theists because it's like how the whole point of faith faith is that you don't completely know. So yeah, like, like, like my my metric is that I've always been a line It goes Zaus
1: to uh, there is no theres nothing. agnostic Linus there's probably nothing pure agnostic, we don't know, it, then there's the DS, which is God is weird, but he doesn't act, and then there's the if which is God is weird, and he does act, and that's, like, the metrics of yeah. Well, you're, we're, you're, we play You're looking at
0: like, a thing, yeah. I look at it as, like, one of these, like, the political compass type thing, you mm-hmm. know, you have the, so you have one line that's theist, atheist, and the other line's agnostic, agnostic, yeah. that's how I perceive it, mm-hmm. and that's kind of ha- been the way I understand it, because I don't know, I just find it annoying, the, the oh, I'm agnostic, I'm, I'm non-atheist, like, dude, you could, those are, the I don't know, like, do you believe? Because a believe is a different question. Do you believe in God? No, all right, you're an atheist. Do you believe in God? Yes, you're a theist. Do you know there's a God? Yes, you're 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 a gnostic. You do you know there's not a God? You're or, or you know what I mean? Yeah. But but yeah, no. Uh, I forget where the fucking point was there. What what were we talking about? <laughs> uh, fuck, I don't remember, man. Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember um, our point was. Night. We had we had a point, and I'm gonna think of it later. There was something that we we spiraled off into another discussion, um, zealots uh, critique of. Ag- oh, yes, that because that's what his point is. I brought the angry atheist thing, and we went down that rabbit hole. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, that was kind of one of the main things he's bringing up is how they are kind of being crazy and like, I, I don't know, I, I I can't remember. He he had a lot he had a lot in that article, but then I agreed on a lot of his stuff. Uh, but
1: yeah, my, my, I, my critique I, of uh Agoism is it really he definitely do a strategy. I really have no problem with the strategy. Um, my critique of agorism is that a lot of the people I deal like with who are agorists they don't seem to um, how do I put this? They don't. They can only see the formal meaning of something; they never see the informal meaning of anything. They're kind of a little, a little artistic, and they can never they, they can only see things in how it is formally listed, and never in the informal way that it's actually done. Like a uh, great example, I was talking to some agorists who are like pacifist ones about um um the Catholic Church has to think on uh, what's it called. Uh, war series of war, or no, what's whatever it's a Catholic justification for whether war was a good or bad war or not. And uh, if it's actually applied, no war has ever been justified by Catholic teaching. Um, but they say, well, because it starts creating a standard for good good war could be, then it the starts supports war. And I'm like, no, it made a stand that you can never reach, so they get then they can rightly say, no, this war is bad because you can never reach these uh unattainable standards. So it wasn't them supporting war, it was them creating a stand that you could never reach to say that this war was bad, this war was bad, so on and so on and so on. But they couldn't see anything besides the church saying, no war can be good under certain circumstances, therefore, it's not real. Yeah. And it, it's just, they can't see the, the informal meaning of things. They can only see the formal meaning. And that's my only, but I think it's more of an individual signal than an agua
0: thing. Yes. Like like I've said before, then uh the, the 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 worst thing about agorism is agorist. <laughs> like you know, like they, the, I, I think there are and I, I think some of that is because uh, I think we may have touched on this in the series as well, is that it labeled itself as a left libertarian thing and under yeah. modern context that kind of draws in certain people, and so you end up having this crowd of people who call themselves agorists mm-hmm. who are you know coming from that or don't even really understand the the philosophy or whatever. But you know, I don't necessarily see really, and I have a hard time finding any real, real critiques with agorism. I can find plenty of critiques with agorists, yeah. Uh, you know, and that's kind of where I'm coming from. Because my biggest thing is that I, I say they're the angry atheist mm-hmm. thing, They're like I found this knowledge and you know, or this th- this new way of looking at things, and you guys are all wrong and fucking stupid. And it's like, yeah. all right, well, that's not a good way to win people over yeah. like, at all. Like, I, I don't think agorism
1: is. Um- but I don't, I don't think it's going to... It works on an individual level. I don't think you're ever going to convince the masses to go along with it. But I think you can convince enough people to... Well, they, like this, power is never... It's, it's transferred. So you maybe can create enough to actually, like... How about they? have to have elites who are going to provide prior protection when a state finally, you know, needs competition? This is going to come from agorists, probably. Agorists is going to be the guys yeah. to provide... Three percenters who become agorists who didn't provide protection. That's mm-hmm. where it's going to have to be, eventually. And so... I think agorism is going to be a big role in anything. Any any successful plans going to involve agorism. I just don't think it's going to be all agorism.
0: Yeah, well, I don't think that about anything. I I think any – and I always think that's a shitty critique of anything. We're like, oh, you think people are all going to be like this? Very rarely – like, for example, like, say with Tho Bishop. A lot of people do that same thing with, oh, you think you're just going to take over the Republican Party? You're going to get everyone to do this? And it's like, yeah, I don't think he's ever made that claim. Like, and I I don't even think any agorists – maybe some have. Because like I said, some of them are pretty insufferable, some agorists. Yes. But very rarely, I think, is everyone like, well, we're going to make everyone agorist. And we're like, I mean, OK, yeah, like and it's not even necessarily that you need agorists. And that's why I kind of always try to emphasize the idea of pockets of agorism or pockets of liberty or like mm-hmm. or, you know, like a decentralized, you know, uh, you know, trade network of agorists or whatever. Because it's like you don't need everyone to be it, you know, and especially once you get enough people, you start creating the economic incentives for people to whether they're philosophically aligned with you just to naturally go along with it. So, you know, and, and I, I I don't have any desire. I mean, don't get me wrong. If I could, I mean, if you could make everyone an agorist, that'd be fucking amazing, but that's not how things work, you know? (laughs) So, you know, but yeah, no, I, I there's valid critiques, but I think the critiques that I've, the only really decent critiques that I can agree with are the ones who are critiques of agorists. And I haven't really heard many good critiques of agorism, uh, you know? So, but I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But with that, I guess if you want to drop plugs,
1: oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, YouTube face liberty and praxis, Twitter, uh, Caleb Brown 549. Um, I saw a website called Paleotomism was a bunch of other cool, um, right wing, Catholic, post lib, anarchist, uh, monarch type guys So we do round tables and talk philosophy. So I've got new articles coming out this soon, doing book reviews. So that's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, I finally started a Patreon. Um, you can find it, uh, let me say, read it real quick. Patreon.com slash F-L-N-P, and it's spelled A-N-D, not the and symbol, because I want to put the and symbol in there. Um, yeah, uh, if you uh, I'm interviewing Thomas Taylor Wednesday, and if you want to watch it, it's a Patreon exclusive. You got to pay for it. Uh, and if you pay before the interview, you can uh, have me ask him questions. You can send me a question, and gonna ask him, so yeah. Are you ever going to release it publicly, or is it just... Something- uh, I, I might, maybe a year, but I need to have something on there. I I'm need to. I'm gonna, the big game interviews are going to be only on there. Okay, so fair enough. I I might do a live. I might do one premiere live and then drop it and never put it back on there. So if you can catch it live, cool. But not. It's a exclusive.
0: Okay, Uh, fair enough. Um, all right. Uh, this is No Way Jose. Uh, you can find me on YouTube. You can find me on all the major audio podcatchers. Odyssey. Uh, at twenty twenty No Way Jose. I mean, I'm also is my Twitter handle. It's also my Getter handle. I haven't really even fucked with Getter lately, but I don't even know why I bring it up anymore. Uh, If you want to give me money, patreon.com slash 2020 I laid out the perks at the beginning of the episode. Uh, Yeah, like, share, subscribe, comment, all that good stuff. And with that, we are out. Appreciate you coming on. This has been fun. This is the end of the series. And now on to NLM.